0: Look, I know one thing, right? It's the Americans. They're going to fight. They're going to battle. They're going to be tough. They're probably going to be very hard to break down.
1: They're a young team. They're the second youngest team in the history of a U.S. World Cup.
2: This is For the Love of the Game, hosted by old-school college soccer coaches Ralph Perez and Ray Reed. Between these two, you're listening to 81 years of coaching college athletes, Nearly 900 career wins, five national championships, and approximately 17,546 names in their contact lists. On this podcast, they grab some of those names and talk about what's going on in the soccer world today. But this episode's a little different. The 2022 World Cup kicks off in Qatar on Sunday, November 20th. But before that, Ralph and Ray got together to discuss what they expect to see this year. They'll do another check-in halfway through and a final check-in at the end to see if their predictions came true. So here they are, Ralph and Wright.
1: Good afternoon, Ralph. How you doing, man? Good afternoon, Raymond. How are you? I'm all right, sir. How you doing? Great. Getting close here to get on a plane to head to the uh, 2022 World Cup.
0: For our listeners, why don't you tell them what you're doing?
1: Well, basically what we're doing here is we're taking a group of coaches with the United Soccer Coaches Association, uh, people that have bought the package to go to the World Cup. And inclusive in that package would be uh, an opportunity that Shellis Hyman, myself, would be uh, giving the coaches some further educational opportunities, uh, in-depthness about the, the games, the teams, the World Cup, the systems of play, things to look for in the games, and a little bit of match analysis. How long? How many matches do you? How many matches are part of the package? The package is uh, three games, and uh, we're there from the twentieth, and we leave on November thirtieth. Will you see the Americans live? Yeah, we will see the uh, U.S. Iran game, the U.S. England game, and uh, the U.S. Wales game. So you're gonna see all three live. Right. Oh, I thought you guys want to see the
0: English. Fantastic.
1: How many coaches? Uh, it's it's sold out. Uh, we have a, a full package of of coaches, administrators, and uh, that are going. It's almost a group of fifty. Good for you. You're not flying direct from L.A., are you? Yes, I am. I'm flying direct, and I don't know how I'm going to survive that, but I'll uh, I'll do my best. Coach Tab Ramos is leaving Amari. It's
0: 14 hours from New York.
1: Yeah, uh, it's about it's a it's a day. It's a, it's almost a full day of travel. That's right. That's right. That's right. So what do you
0: expect in Qatar in the winter, in the middle of all the major leagues except for MLS? How do you think the change in time of the year is going to affect it?
1: I think it's going to be very unique. Uh, You know, you're already watching different injury reports from different countries, certain players that sustained an injury uh, in the past couple of weeks, can they get them healthy? Can we? Should we put them on the roster? Uh, all these little um, games that you have to play, you know, to figure out, okay, uh, maybe we take uh, one player, even though we know it, it might be he might miss a game or two. Uh, but if we can advance and go forth, we can keep him. That's a little bit of a, a rolling the dice kind of thing. I noticed that uh, the roster size is 26 which is larger than it's ever been. But uh, I think that was factored in. And uh, I think that uh, the players themselves, there's not a lot of time there, if you're the head coach, a preparation time, prep time, to when you get together and then train and then play your opening match. You know, uh, it's not a lot of uh, times as we've had in the past where you usually get the guys on a summer break And players are off, you know, for at least a couple of weeks prior to the games to be played.
0: Do you think the fact that the World Cup is chock in the middle of these leagues for the spectacle of it, will there be a better product or a worse product versus when they do it in the middle of June and they have a month off at the end of their season? What do you? But there's less fatigue now because they've only played half a year? But they're coming right on the heels of
1: of the first half of the season. It's a great question. It's a I've heard a lot of debate about it uh, from different countries, different different people. Uh, the original thought process was that hey, you know, they should be fresher because they've only played from August to uh, the first of November, <clears throat> so less wear and tear on their bodies, less games on their bodies. Uh, these guys usually play 60 to 70 games a year, which is quite extensive. And then the problem as well is that what we see, it, every every country has their own little situations that are going on within their rosters and their selection process. Some new additions from the core that got you to the World Cup, some added players on the roster with limited international experience. So everybody's got the... Uh, Different hurdles to uh, get over.
0: Look at Tim Ream; he didn't play one qualifier, and they've they've added him to the group to take to to, to Qatar.
1: Yes, and 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 you can go around the group there, and and uh, it's it's an interesting selection. Only the coaching staff is really privy to exactly why they've made those uh, players be on the team. <clears throat> I think the only two big surprises for the U.S. was Pepe and, and the goalkeeper. That played you know for uh, when he was the coach at Columbus, and he didn't pick his goalkeeper then you know right. so so that that was a little bit of the the two major surprises when you watch the the response and then if you watch different channels uh on the other countries you know the spanish channels it's a, it's an interesting thing, but that always gives the media and the uh, something to talk about with when you're picking teams who was omitted, who was added in, and uh, I don't I don't think there was two major surprises uh, for the U.S. team.
0: So when will the U.S. team reconvene? Tuesday, Wednesday in Qatar?
1: Yeah, well, I, I know that uh, after the uh, show that they just recently had on Wednesday in Brooklyn with the announcement of the team, I know that uh, Coach Burhalter and a couple of those players were heading over already, and it'll be a come at Added on, I think the MLS guys that have already finished their seasons uh, will be, you know, like Acosta, they're, they they went that day. And then the other guys will be joining once they're done with their games over the weekend.
0: It's going to make for an interesting... I was reading the other day that they've picked the U.S. group as the most difficult group to advance out of.
1: Well, I tell you, it's a, it's a group that when you really analyze it uh, thoroughly, when it was first announced, I think people thought, hey, that's a... That's a group that we can do we can maybe get out of and and, and it shouldn't prove so difficult, but when you really start to break it down uh player for player experience success uh the only country that hasn't been there is Wales you know this is their first time in in, in, in some some time and obviously uh the u s we missed the World cup in the last go around in Russia, but uh England I think is a uh, is is definitely a solid team that you would pick to win the group. Team that you would think could probably get to the uh, quarterfinals, maybe uh, with good fortune. Semifinals. That's an experienced, well well managed group by Southgate, and I think he knows his players well, and I think he feels very comfortable with the the team that he's going to put out. Uh, the team that Iran has, which people don't follow as closely. Uh, has been in two last World Cups, one in Brazil, one in Russia. They brought back their their national team manager uh, in Carlos Quirosh. And uh, he knows these team very, very well. They love him, they respect him. Uh, I, I think they fought for him to come back once he was available when uh, Egypt didn't qualify and they brought him into the fold. So it, it adds for a, a good situation.
0: What do you think of the USA's chances to advance out of the first round, out of the group play?
1: Well, I, I think it's it, it, it throws me back to um, everyone says that first game is, is is huge. It's important to get points. Uh, when you look at success of U.S. getting out of group play, when they have, they've either won or they've had a draw. You know, you go back to 94, they got the draw with Switzerland. And then they advanced with the big win with Colombia. And, uh, and then they lost the last game to Romania, but they got through and then played Brazil in the, in the, in the 16, around the round of 16. When you go to um, 2002, they got a big, big win against Portugal, who was a big favorite in that first game. then they, they got a, a tie and then a loss to Poland. So they got out of the group again with that same formula, a win and a tie. So I think this first game with Wales, I, I think that's the team that I think they have to get the most points on. They have to get the maximum, and that's a win.
0: Although it's equal, Ralph, I mean, they're, all, all uh, 32 teams are facing the same challenge, how difficult is it for the U.S. Wow. have their players coming from all over the world, no real camp, put them together, do a couple of walk-throughs, do a couple of light sessions, we Will have to play probably the most massive game in a tournament for them, Wales on a, a week from Monday. I
1: I think the big the big thing there is that you know playing Wales is uh, a game that they can win. They had a friendly with them. I think player for player personnel wise, I think we can definitely match up with them. I think that uh, that game is, is 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 a huge game for the U.S. And then the game that plays earlier. Uh, England and, and uh and Iran that result the US would probably want to see Iran take a loss and you know figuring that England would be the team that's going to advance and then get some help that way I mean that's those are the kind of little things that go on in this whole posture of trying to get points and getting uh getting forward and getting out of the group difficult for them
0: difficult for our team to play in this environment a little bit
1: different than usual? Well, um, I'm going to say something that I don't think anyone has said, but I'm, I'm going to say it because I, I think I can speak from a, a point of experience. This team, there's a strong correlation of the 1990 team that I was involved with for these reasons, and hear me out. One, there's no one on this roster right at this moment that has played in a World Cup game, has World Cup experience. Now, many of these players got their um, experience through uh, qualifiers. Yes, they've played in Europe and so forth. So, with that lack of experience, that's a that's a big negative for the U.S. team. And when you look at the age factor, they're a young team. They're the second youngest team in the history of a U.S. World Cup uh, age going to the World Cup. So that's a that's a young group. And when you have young young people. It's a plus and minus. Uh, there's no fear factor. They don't know what's ahead. They're just going to go and play. I, I mean, I heard Winston speak on that, uh, McKenny, and I and I and I believe in this group. Uh, I think when I compare this group to the group we took in '90, these guys are are, are more pro, have more pro games in under their belt and in some great leagues compared to what we had in 1990 because our guys were, were fighting to get games fighting to play in leagues that lack of experience is is there but i think that they they've they will they will manage it well uh the challenge i think always is uh how how you play on the day i mean that is that is the key i mean in our last two tune up games it left a lot of people concerned uh we played against japan and saudi arabia so now now it's, it's it's showtime and the hard part as you know is you haven't had time with the team. You haven't had games. You haven't had any training sessions since those games. You can't do too much because you, you're you just, you know, you're going to be doing some recovery from the flight. You're going to be getting ready for the game. And you're just going to have to go into it and, and lift up the curtain and let's go.
0: What do you expect out of the other teams in the group?
1: Well, I think <clears throat> looking at England, I think England is very solid. And I think that England is, is has to be the favorite. There's no question about it. You look at their roster; they just everybody's just named their roster, and uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a challenge for them only because the pressure of being the uh, favorite. You know, teams are going to sit in, look to counter on you, uh, which is always a difficult thing. The challenge uh, with Iran, I think, is uh, you know all their players play in Europe; most of the whole rosters is, is European based. They're going to be a, a solid team and, and talking with people that know the team very well and follow the team. Uh, the Iranian fans and base really feel that this group can get out of this group. And they, they think this is a good group for them as well. And then I think when you look at Wales, I think uh, a team that got there, had to play in to get there, got to the finals. Uh, of the World Cup now, meaning you know qualifying for the World Cup, I think that that team probably la- is the one team that probably lacks experience, lacks uh, the uh, leadership. I mean, they're really counting very heavily on their on their main guy, there, Christian Bale, who um, is a quality player, can be a game maker or game breaker type of player, and they're going to need him in, in these three games.
0: Are the groups staying? And playing all the matches in the same stadium? I thought I heard that.
1: Some are. I, I To be honest, I, I've been looking at that. Some are playing one game in, in one venue and then another game in another venue. I know that uh, I, I am sure that certain countries might be playing uh, in, in that. But I to be very honest, I, I, I haven't looked at that. And that'll be some reading that I'll do on on the plane as far as where everyone is playing. I mean, you know, you got uh, 32 countries, and as for those that not, are not familiar, it's f- four in a group, so there's eight groups. Basically, the way that this worked out, Iran had success getting out of the Asian group. England got out of their group. Adi, you're very good. U.S. technically, um, Canada won the group for CONCACAF. So th- that was an interesting uh, run by Canada to get out and get out of the World Cup because this is their first World Cup since 1986.
0: What kind of pressure do you think Greg Berhalter and his staff is under?
1: I think when you take this job, you're looking at it as a cycle of the four years to see it through. And then everything is then predicated on your country, what's the expectation bar. With this group, I think, they feel comfortable that they can they can perform they feel comfortable that they have a good chance to get out of the group but they also realize that it's going to be a tough task i think if they don't get out of the group then it depends on the the, the federation whether they feel is this the right group to take the us into the next world cup because in the next one there is no qualification there is no uh, qualifying rounds they're in because they're one of the host countries
0: well, I was going to ask you that. With us hosting 2026, and the pressure to be successful then, and to hopefully make our deepest run ever, does the U.S. have to get to the second round for Greg Berhalter to, to be the national team coach five months from now?
1: That's the million-dollar question. I think if, if 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 he didn't get out, I don't think he gets it. I think if he if he gets out, he gets it to ask to stay on, and then it depends on the performance. What do I mean by that? You know, are we in all three games? Are all three games uh, competitive? Have we held our own? And we showed ourselves capable of playing in that level and uh, doing doing a good job. Because as we all know in soccer, sometimes you can play very well and still not get the result. And uh, that that the way it goes uh, of the games, it's you know Wales first, which is the most winnable game, I think. Then England, the most difficult, is second. And then Iran would be the third match, which would be a very difficult one. Uh, uh, that one, to me, is, uh, is a is a toss-up.
0: Ralph, you were the assistant coach in 1990 to Bob Ganser when the USA qualified for the, the World Cup in Italy. What are the coaches, what are the players feeling right now as they're basically on the eve of the World Cup?
1: Well, there's a lot of emotions, Ray. I think, uh, and this is a long time ago now, we're talking a different different format, meaning that uh, there's so much more coverage of the team, so much more people that are interested in the team from fans, media. But once you announce the team, you pick the team, that's a big burden that's taken care of. Secondly is then the, the actual travel to get to where you want to get to, And then, you know, getting there and then getting on the ground and training and getting, you know, the body and the mind ready to prepare and play. Uh, The biggest challenge I've always found is, and I think that's what I think this team has, and I can't, I'm only speaking as an outsider here, but I think this team has a good camaraderie. I think that the the youthfulness of the group, uh, they all like each other, they know each other. They've all played together in, in games, uh, some many, some less. They played together with the, when they were a U-17 national team player. They played together as a U-20 player. Uh, they have played together in the, in the World Cup qualifiers. So I think that there's a great familiarity with each other personality-wise. I think the Eagles are, are good that they all want to work for each other, give for each other, and that's what we're hearing and reading and seeing. So uh, I think that's that's what you're you're bringing to get to the camp right now, and I'm sure that uh, for the player side, it's been a long wait um, to, to 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 get the games going, the participation going, and then also now, you know, for all these guys, it's the first ever World Cup, and that's huge, and that's something that. No matter how much you think about it, how much you try to, you know, prepare for it, it's still something that overcomes you a little bit as you get closer and closer day to day, week to week. And
0: Six weeks from now when we're talking, who will be the breakout stars of this World Cup for the U.S.?
1: I, th- I, I think that the three guys that I, I really think are necessary for the U.S. to really play well there's uh, Adams, uh, McKinney in the midfield there. I think Pulisic has to really shine and, and either produce goals or create goal-scoring chances for others by his individualistic uh, passing and dribbling skills. And uh, they're going to need a solid performance from Zimmerman in the back and then obviously uh, Turner in goal. So that, you know, just like we all say in the the building of a team, the spine of the team, those guys are the guys that really need to do it. And I'm sure that that's who they're counting on to get it done, uh, because you can't put all that pressure on some of the other guys that I think who have to play roles in the team, but are not uh, the major roles. They play the supporting roles. And there's a lot of good young supporting role players in that roster.
0: What's
1: your take on Gio Reyna? Well, I, I, I think there's no one that's going to question his talent. There's no one that's not going to say they don't like what he does on the soccer field when he's healthy and he's a hundred percent. He's dynamic. He's uh, he's quite good on, on on the ball. He can do some really great things. It's just uh, ho- hopefully uh, the biggest battle there is is uh, being a hundred percent healthy to perform because it. The games come fast and furious. I mean, you know, uh, you play three games in a, in, a, in a span of nine days. You know, that's that's not much rest time, recovery time. You know, does he does he monitor minutes on certain players? There, you know, there are guys, as you well know, based on position, based on uh, physical tools of those players. Some guys can play full nineties. Some guys they, you have to manage the minutes. Maybe some guys you might even have to play less minutes or even. Maybe not not start him and, and and rest him that game and play him the next game. You know those are those are all the things of why you have a a, a twenty six man roster so that you have those options for, uh, to be able to to pull in and out in your in your lineup. Who do you think plays the number nine? That's a great question. I I think that uh, that one is going to be answered on 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 opening night. Uh, I if I were. If I were to guess, you know, Aronson might be the guy, but um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens on on the, once they get them all there and check out their 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 health and 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 where they are physically uh, to make that determination. Well, Ray, you know, you've been following soccer for a long time, and obviously, you know, uh, the World Cup is dear to everyone's heart. But, you know, every every person has a thought and opinion on this situation. So my first question I'd love to ask you is, what what do you expect from this team? I mean, in performance?
0: I think they're going to surprise us. I think they're going to go one, one, and one. Uh, this group has been together. There's no level like the World Cup, but they've been together with the 20s. Like you talked about before, the camaraderie of the group. You know, uh, to be frank, We've hired Tab Ramos as the head coach at Half Athletic, so I've had a lot of access to his thoughts the last six weeks on this, and he was very involved with our twenty, our twenties. You know, and I think they're going to surprise people. I think, I think we're going to beat Wales. I think we're going to. I think we're to uh, probably lose to England, and with it all on the line, draw with Iran, and hopefully that'll be enough to advance us. And I think it'll be if he's healthy. I think it'll be a breakout tournament for Pulisic. I think Pulisic will do in this tournament, you know, what we've been waiting for him to do. I really feel that way if he's healthy. Like you said before, I'm concerned with the health of these guys and the knocks, you know, and who gets over there and has something tight and so. But if Pulisic can perform, I think the U.S. has a chance to advance.
1: Looking at the guys who the most important part of the game, where are the goals and how do you think the goals are going to come for the U.S.?
0: I think they're going to get him in, tra- in transition. I think I think Pulisic, I think any of their front guys are capable, possibly on set pieces. I don't think there's one guy to key on. I don't think they have a player that can get uh, three goals over three games. But I do think, you know, you think about the goal that Landon scored against Algeria in transition. In extra, I believe it was in extra time. And I think those type of opportunities peak its head for the U.S. and we're going to have to be we're going to have to be clinical on the finish but I do think there's enough goals in the group look I know one thing right it's the Americans they're going to fight they're going to battle they're going to be tough they're probably going to be very hard to break down if we don't concede if we can stay compact I think we have a goal in our repertoire I think there'll be some surprises too. I think Burhalt is going to surprise people with his starting group against uh, the the Welsh. I think there's going to be some people sh- questioning who he starts, win, lose, or draw that match. He's been unconventional the whole time for me.
1: Well, let's just talk about that. Uh, the goalkeeping and uh, who do you think starts, and what do you how do you s- find the shape of that? Because a lot of people have said, "Hey, this is the one time going into a World Cup, no one knew who was going to be the starter." Past years, you know, you had Mayola, then you had Keller, then you had Friedel, and then Howard. So there was a longevity there from nineteen ninety to all the to let's say twenty fourteen. We knew who the keeper was gonna be and who the pool was. Uh what do you think of that pool and what do you think of who's gonna manage it?
0: I think even though he hasn't played a lot of matches, I think Turner will be the guy to go game one. And if he does a good job, he'll hold he'll hold the suit. I was surprised that Stefan wasn't picked. To be frank with you but I think he will go with Turner. I'm not sure if I'm correct, but I think he gives them the best chance to win.
1: During the whole process, uh, the lineup has been uh, a whole shakedown, part of its injuries and so forth. But what do you think of the back line and, and what, you know, because defense is important.
0: I think he plays Sergio on one side. I think he plays, he starts Ream in the middle with the injuries. I think he starts possibly... Yedlin on the right. I'm not sure who he'll play as the other sec- as the other centre back. I don't know. I think he'll go with Ream because of experience, being so long in the EPL, a little maturity back there. Probably, probably the moment isn't too big for him. And he'll have Sergio on one side, Yedlin, at least start first game. Yedlin on the other. Did Yedlin? Yedlin did not play. Uh, Yedlin did not play in 2014.
1: Uh, no. Yedlin was on that team and played he made three appearances in in games in Brazil with Mr. Klingsman
0: so you'll have Yedlin, you'll have Reem and you'll have Sergio i don't know who they are and who do you think will be the other center back
1: well i like zimmerman uh I, you know i think he's he's been he's been good he's been a good strong center back uh the two injuries the long and robinson those were those were losses that i think uh hurt their depth but um you know, it, it, you're right. So when you talk about the midfield, there's my, my big question: Who is going to be in the midfield? Who's going to do this job, and where do you see that?
0: Adams, Musafa, and West. I think they play those. I think they play those three guys together, at least to start. I think Adams is a key guy. I like Adams a lot. I think he's a key
1: guy to their success. So, race. Let's just put us ourselves now into not coach fans, the World Cup itself, and how the accessibility of it is now. As someone like yourself, I know that we're, different World Cups have given us different hours that we've got to be confronted with, uh, with the time differences and so forth. How do you see this one? How does this fit into the Ray Reed? schedule in his life.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. They're playing 5 a.m., 8, 11, and 2. And all the American games are 2. So I think it's fantastic, you know. Uh, I'm curious as a fan to see on the weekends, Thanksgiving weekend especially, when uh, Ohio State and Michigan play, what the kind of draw is on on FS1. I'd be very curious. And even Friday, there'll be big college football games on Black Friday. What the USA-England ratings are, because that the bars are going to be packed. You know, People are going to be tired of the holiday, want to get out. People will be shopping. So I, I think you're going to have a massive viewership for USA-England. But how does it affect college football? And on the Saturday, the USA is not playing, but you got Ohio State-Michigan. And there's a host of other games. So how does this affect? I mean, Fox has moved the weekend games Get with the NFL and college, the Fs1, which is not a great thing. And and I didn't realize this until today. Fox was going to sue them when they moved it, FIFA, when they moved it to the winter. To appease them, they awarded them the 2026 with no bid. They had to pay for it, but there's no bid. So they were awarded 2026. The contract was up because Fox was going to sue them because it was moved from summer to winter. Because they had to head with college football, NFL and college basketball. So as a fan, it's going to be interesting. I just remember in 14, Chris West, our sports performance coach at UConn, and I were going to the Bloomberg building. Chris had gotten me invited to a worldwide uh, conference on leadership. It was three days in the Bloomberg. And as fate would have it, the USA Ghana game was the night before. So we stopped in New Haven, and we went to a bar called the Trinity Bar. And this place was packed. And I mean packed. This was June. And everybody was in U.S. national team jerseys, and to be truthful, there was about three soccer players in the bar. The crowd, and then they showed around the country the live viewing parties in Kansas City, L.A., Seattle. So it had great viewership in '14. I'm very curious. Eight years later, going head to head with the NFL and college football, how we will draw.
1: That's a that's a great question to to be answered because many of us, you know, uh, have been told uh, U.S. soccer believes that if it's going to become the preeminent sport, you know, it has to compete with football. Well, this is the first time we're really going head to head in the, in the, in this whole collegiate NFL window. Uh, The world cup was always in June, which was a good time. And so it, 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 it will be uh, something to behold to see how this carries on. And I I think uh, you you make a great point there uh, to see where that, where that takes us. Well, the other
0: thing is, in the NFL, especially in the NFC, a lot of these normal teams are struggling this year. The Saints, the Buccaneers are not, you know, the Bengals and the AFC. So I wouldn't say it's down, but there's not as many good teams. Certainly in the NFC, there isn't. So does that affect a casual fan flip over to the World Cup? Now, again, Sunday, the USA won't be playing. To get the real litmus test, you probably need the USA to play Saturday, against Ohio State, Michigan or Sunday against NFL, and that's not gonna happen. They're gonna play Friday and Tuesday, but still Friday, Black Friday, there'll be plenty of football games on TV in college. That's the weekend of the Phil Night Classic in Portland with Yukon basketball, Villanova, Michigan State, Carolina. So there's gonna be a lot of sports on TV clamoring for viewership.
1: Well that that's the uh that's the challenge that we have in our country. Uh there there is competitiveness for for the uh, sports viewer. I mean, with football and and basketball and now, you know, soccer trying to move into that. So that's good.
0: One last point, non-World Cup issue. But for Ralph and myself, we want to congratulate longtime soccer icon, Charlie Inverso, who retired this week from Ryder College. Charlie won five national championships at Mercer Community College and then moved up the road and was at Ryder College and won the MAC Conference Tournament a couple of times. Great, great guy for the game, great personality, great coach that we missed, but he left his imprint on college soccer. Charlie, well done. I,
1: I, I did all that, a fantastic human being, coach, and uh, has done so much, especially when he was at that junior college level. He made that National Junior College Tournament special.
0: Thank you all for being on. We will see you soon. Follow us and enjoy the World Cup.
1: To everyone there, enjoy this World Cup. It'll be special. And we look forward to talking again about this great sport of ours.
2: Thanks for listening to For the Love of the Game with Ralph and Ray. Be sure to leave us a review and follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk with you next time.